What's up? It's Keyshawn, and I'm about to start talking facts on my show. We're hitting the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and college football today. So let's get right into the podcast. Let's get into the biggest story of the NFL weekend. On what should have been the best play of the year, Chiefs receiver Kadarius Toney lined up offsides negating a go-ahead touchdown. Take a listen to our very own Nick Wright on First Things First. And I don't blame the officials, and I will not in this spot blame the officials. What I will do is provide the audience with information they may or may not have and let everyone draw their own conclusions. Sure, let's hear it. These, these, I'm just going to give some facts, okay. not opinions. Andy Reid has coached in the NFL 25,172 offensive plays. Mm-hmm. That was the first time offensive offsides had been called. So when Andy says you usually get a warning and you send out your pithy tweet about, you know, needing to be an oracle, maybe (laughs) what Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches of all time, was referring to is it is quite often a guy is lined up offsides and the referee tells me, hey, what? Tell him that he's offsides. Give him a heads up. And it seems like a lot of people that have played the game said that does happen. That's first point. Keyshawn. Nick claims two things are true. The offsides penalty was an abomination of a call, but it's not why the Chiefs lost. React to this. Well, first of all, I think it was why the Chiefs lost the game. Because, first of all, if Kadarius Toney does what he's supposed to do at the receiver position, which is check with the referee multiple times, not throughout the course of the game, but on that one single play, what you do, having played the position, for a very long time at a very high level. You line up, you turn out, you take a look at the referee, you get his attention. You don't walk up out of the huddle, point, much like Kadarius Tony did. No, you point to the ref, you get his attention. When he's looking at you, you let him, hey, I'm good. He'll either say, go up or step back. They do give you warnings, okay? Over the course of the game, they'll walk up to you and say, hey, Keyshawn, You're crowding a little bit. Take a step back for me. Take a step up for me. Get legal for me. They do. Every single time that it's close, that's what they do. For whatever reason, they didn't do this at this particular time and moment for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's on Kadarius Toney. It's not on the referee. That's one thing that Nick Wright is right about, but he's wrong about the fact that it did not cost him the game. RG3 and our very own Richard Sherman had this Twitter interaction and following the call. RG3 argued that Tony was offsides, but a warning should have been given before that flag was thrown. Richard Sherman responded, Offense already has every advantage in ruling their favor. Now when they're committing a penalty, they should get a warning? Maybe just check with the ref and be on side. Keyshawn, whose side are you on? Well, I'm, I'm, I am really... I, I guess I would have to take RG3's side at this point. But when is the warning given? Is the warning given right then at that moment? Or do you want the warnings throughout the game? Every single play that you step up to the line of scrimmage, you don't need a warning. They shouldn't give you a warning. Yes, throughout the course of the game, they're going to tell you, hey, as I said before, Keyshawn, come up. Keyshawn, step back. Now I know it's in my mind, the next time I do it, I got to be at a certain space in place at the line of scrimmage. So RG3 is right. But at the same time, Richard Sherman is right. You don't necessarily have to lean on the referee to tell you it's your responsibility 
as an offensive player to know where the hell to line up at. You're on, you're off. If, a, if the Z receiver, which is typically the receiver opposite of the formation, he's off the line of scrimmage. If you're the X receiver, you are on the line of scrimmage, lined up pretty even with the tackles. We're taught the back of the football is where your head should be. Your head shouldn't be over the football. Your toes shouldn't be over the football. It should be right at the back of the football as the center puts it up. If you do that, then you're clear and free. Kansas City wins the football game. Let's focus on Mahomes' reaction. We saw the MVP go ballistic on the sideline following the call. And in his post-game handshake with Josh Allen, said, quote, worst effing call I've ever seen. What do you make of Mahomes complaining to a rival quarterback? Uh, that doesn't mean anything. You always make com comments at the end of a game or walk it past somebody at halftime about the course of the game. So it's not unusual for somebody to say, well, we got, you know, raked over the coals in this situation. That was a horrible call, man. That's fine. I, he, he wasn't specifically targeting uh, Josh Allen or talking about Josh Allen. He just complaining and frustrated and talking to one of his colleagues and Josh Allen just letting him know it was a bad call. I don't have no issue with that at all. Keyshawn, what's the worst call you ever experienced in the game? And have you ever had a Mahomes-like reaction? Oh, yeah. I've had a bunch of calls in the game that didn't make sense, both on the winning side and the losing side, both against me personally and against my opponents, where, you know, it's one of those deals. I remember just for me personally, we were playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and I, and I got, I it's third and about, man, I felt like it was third and 25. And I ran a route on Cincinnati's sideline, and I shoved the DB down to the ground, full force, two hands in front of the referee. First down completion, let's move the chains. Their bench erupted, and the referee did nothing. He said nothing. He just was like, I didn't see it. So, it can go both ways for you in certain situations, but I've also been drugged to the ground by a defender and the referees ignored it. And I bitched and complained and cursed and called, called him every word all the way up through the tunnel. It just, it happens like that sometimes. Moving on, the Lakers won the inaugural in-season tournament this past weekend with LeBron James, the NBA Cup MVP. Austin Rivers had this to say about the King following the win. I saw Kendrick Perkins say something interesting. We're still relying on LeBron to be the face of the league. And he's 38 because we don't have an, we don't have anybody else. Yeah, Jokic doesn't want it. Well, Jokic doesn't want it and he doesn't have the game for it in terms of style and flash and just like overall fanfare. Even though I do, th I mean, he's obviously, uh, he's much, he, if you were to love basketball, he's no, he's amazing he watch. is much watch TV, but. Listen, man, there's things that like LeBron and Mike and Kobe could do just from an aspect of an awe standpoint yeah. in the air, the dunking, the moves, the quickness, the, the whole body of work, right? We don't have that. We have players. Jason Tatum is really good. Luka's really good. You know, Devin Booker's really good. Do we have a face of the NBA type generational talent? Like someone who's going to come in and change the game of the NBA? No, we don't have that. Keyshawn, does the NBA have enough star power to sustain the league when LeBron is gone? <sighs> Well, there's always going to be the magic bird factor to the Michael Jordan, Kobe Shaq factor to the LeBron James factor. Is there another LeBron James lurking in the wings in the NBA, let's say, three years from now? The closest guy that I think is not Tatum in Boston because Tatum doesn't have the edge that you 
like, right? He just doesn't have that snack, crackle, pop that Rivers mentioned. I think LaMelo Ball, and here's why I say LaMelo Ball, because he's got the flash. He likes the fancy cars, the chains, the this, the that. He got a certain look. He can play at a high level. The problem is he can't stay in Charlotte. I know he just signed that Supermax deal, but that'll be over with soon. And on top of that, you can always shoot your way out of an organization. If he was to wind up, let's say, as a Laker, as a Clipper, as a Golden State Warrior, somewhere on the West Coast, because it can't be the Knicks. It can't be, and the reason I say in New York, because they, first of all, the moment that he doesn't win a championship in New York, they're going to go crazy. They're not going to allow him to time to develop the chemistry with the players to get a championship. You know how New York is. Oh, we know it now. Microwave. Where if it was somewhere out like on the West Coast, where he's from, L.A., the Lakers, it just, it just makes sense to me because he has what I call snack, crackle, pop. I'm sure when I look at his social media, he's probably got millions on top of millions of followers. He's got an international presence. The kids, the younger kids' demographics could follow him. They understand him. So I think if anything, it's him because it's not Trey Young, even though it could be, but it's not. Ja, they're not going to – Ja is, could become Allen Iverson because of his off-the-court issues that he has. Right, even though my man, my man uh, Iverson was always just who he was, nothing different. It, it's just one of those situations. I think Lamelo could slide, but he's got to win a championship. But could slide into that space. I don't know if it'll ever be another LeBron, but he could. He could certainly absorb some of the loss. I'm surprised you didn't mention Wimby. What about the international guys? It's just hard, man, because it's international. I mean, it's just. It, they're great. The international guys are great, right? They're, you got Joker, you got Luca, you got Wimby, but all of these dudes are big, right? These are bigs for the most part. Even though Luca plays a, 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 a kind of like a guard, he's a shooter, he's a scorer, but he's a, in my eyes, he's a big. Kids identify with small. You say LeBron, LeBron. Well, LeBron wasn't big like this 20 years ago. He was just a, a, a high school kid coming into the NBA with a lot of snack, crackle, pop. He goes to Miami. He wins big there. He goes back to Cleveland. He wins. Then he comes to L.A. and wins. But he's not looked at as a big, so to speak. He's kind of all-around type player. But when you're a center like Wimby, and you're in San Antonio, you're international, you're Joker, you're in Denver. You know, Joker, people got mad at me because I call him a potato. It's not him. It's his style. The potato is, is just a potato. It's bland. You got to, you know how much you got to dress up a damn potato? You got to put everything, sour cream, bacon, cheese, chives, just to get it right. Right? Even french fries, you got to put ketchup or mustard. Some people even use mayo. I mean, it's just a different deal where when you look at mellow, he just, I don't know, he just got it. Do you think LaMelo could handle the pressure of being a Laker? Oh, yeah, dip. It's totally. Of course. He's from L.A. Of course he can handle it. Is LeBron the best player in the league right now? I would have to say he is certainly in the top three players in the NBA. Now, when you start looking at statistics and numbers, people could point to Luka. You could point to Joker. 
You can do all, you can point to Steph if you choose to, KD. But at 39 years old, or 38, getting ready to be 39, doing what he's doing right now is ridiculous. We just saw him in the in-season tournament. The dude, just in the in-season tournament alone, something like 27, 6, and 8, or 27, 8, and 6 is what he's like averaging. At 38, 39 years old, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's crazy. On the season, he's averaging 28 non-tournament games. So it's, yeah, he's going to be right there in the end. He's going to be an MVP candidate. Let's get into Shohei Otani and your L.A. Dodgers, Keyshawn. The reigning AL MVP is set to join the Los Angeles Dodgers at a record-setting 10-year, $700 million contract, likely the largest contract in professional sports history. Does Otani deserve this type of bag? Absolutely. That's why they're giving it to him. First of all, he's a two-way utility player. And what I mean by that, he's a pitcher and he's a hitter. So he's one of the top pitchers. If he did not bat and he just wanted to pitch and he didn't play and he didn't DA, he'd do anything. He just pitched. He'd be one of the top pitchers of all times. So let's go there. You said $70 million. The going rate for a top pitcher is $35 million plus. It's a going rate for a top Verlander type guy. Kershaw at the height. So that's 35. Now you say, well, let's go for the hitting side of it. Well, you got Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts. Let's just stay there. Okay, let's go Bryce Harper if we want to have a conversation. Let's go Corey Seager. Let's, let's just stay in that area. That's 30-plus million. So when you put the two together, <laughs> we're getting two for the price of one. And you're saying, well, is he worth it? Is he worth it? Is he worth it? Now, the length of the contract in Major League Baseball, it is what it is. They go long. They don't go short. And when you add up the numbers for two guys, I mean, one guy doing two jobs, that's $70 million. So you damn skippy. He's worth every cent of it. Every cent. And then some. $700 million is a crazy number to comprehend. What's the first thing you're doing with that type of money, Keyshawn? First thing I'm going to do with $700 million? Well, what make you think I got $700 million now? Which I don't. <laughs> but anyway, um, what would I do with $700 I probably wouldn't do anything. I mean, I don't know what, is my lifestyle really going to change? Because I already have made, if I'm Otani, I already have made a hundred and something million dollars. Remember, I'm making about 45 estimated off the, off the field right now every single year. So my lifestyle really doesn't change much. Um, Not a new Ferrari? I mean, what am I going to buy? Another toy? <laughs> like, what am I really going to do? I, I guess I would probably... I don't know, buy, buy a better beach house. Um, maybe I maybe I look at getting a plane of some sort. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't have $700 million right now, so it's hard to really comprehend what I would do. I mean, when I, when I got my first little bit of money, I bought things that I never had. You know, when you broke and you're coming from the ghetto, and you're trying to, you know, you got a lot of stuff. You got you got a lot of stuff, man. You got brothers and sisters and uncles and nieces and nephews and mommy. You know, mommy needs a new car and, and mommy needs to get out the apartment. And so there's a lot of things you can do with new money. What was your first major purchase with your check? My first major purchase with my NFL check, because I made money before and not at USC. I made money before... I signed an NFL contract. So the next day, 
after the Rose Bowl, I was eligible to sign my endorsement deal. So one of my first endorse, endorsement deals was with Adidas. And I don't remember exactly when I got the check, but I was able to buy my mother a car. Um, then later on, I wind up just, I don't know, I think I went to Vegas and had some fun. But I bought my mom a car with the first big money that I got. All right. Ending on a few internet reactions, concerns about Zion Williamson's conditioning continue to make headlines as he looked overweight in the NBA in-season tournament. Here's what J.J. Redick had to say about Zion's career. What did you make of it last night? I was disappointed, and, and overall, I've been I've been disappointed in Zion this season. And, and look, we can certainly point to counting stats and say he's having a fine season. Um, but you can be in the building, you can watch on TV, you can be courtside, and you can see he's not in shape. He's still not in shape despite yeah. everything that he's gone through, despite numerous conversations with legends of the game about being in shape. He gets called out on national television once or twice a year for. Uh, for, uh, for this thing, this very thing. And earlier this season, he had a press conference where he was talking about trying to buy into what the team wanted. What do you do with Zion Williamson? You ride it out. What, what can you do? You just gave him money, so you ride it out. You, you hope that the light comes on and he understands really what it is that he needs to do to get in a better shape. Um... But maybe his body just doesn't allow him to get into the type of shape that people want him to be in. Maybe carrying weight is something that just happens because of his body type. You know, I don't necessarily think it's because he's sitting at home at 3 a.m. in the morning in the basement eating Twinkies and ice cream, watching television or playing video games. I think it's just, it may just be his body type that at certain times allow him to fluctuate in between his weight. I, I saw Shaq do it for many years, and it wasn't because Shaq wasn't working out. It's just his body type. That's just some people's bodies are different than others. So you don't question his work ethic? I, I really don't. I mean, you can't, look, you can't get to the level that Zion is at right now just walking into the building. You just, you just can't. You have to do something. I mean, you just can't, as a professional athlete, just sit around Again, and eat ice cream and Twinkies in a damn basement. It just doesn't work like that. So he's doing something. And you say, well, can he do more? Probably. But the moment that he stops doing it for a week or two, he can balloon up again. And just certain body types do certain things. Lastly, the CFB Twitter world went crazy over rumor that receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. has allegedly been offered $20-plus million NIL deal to stay at Ohio State. This type of bag rivals first-round draft money. Keyshawn, you staying in college or going to the league? Well, first of all, I don't believe it's real, but let's assume that it is real just because this is what we're going to do. I'm probably going to go to college. I mean, I'm probably going to go to the pros. I'm sorry. I'm probably going to go to the pros, not college, because I'm going to make more money in the pros and not take the risk of being hurt in college. I'd rather get hurt in the pros, so I signed my $40 million deal versus a $25 million deal. If my math serves me right, it's about $15 million more. So he's probably looking at closer to $40 million then the $25 million to stay at Ohio State and do what? Win a championship? Wow, yay. 
That makes a whole lot of damn sense. That's all for today. We'll see you back on Thursday. We may have a special surprise for you right up my sleeve to mix into this show. Until then, it's Keyshawn with Undisputed Deuces.